Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, um, we're going to start a new series today. Before you do, I, you know, I have to give a little disclaimer about me because I'm about to show you something that if you don't understand what I do and, you know, kind of for fun, then you won't understand what's about to hit the screen. So you have to understand that I spend a little time coaching bowling, all right? So I spend some time coaching bowling, um, but, you know, but you're all familiar with what I'm about to show you on the screen because today there'll be football games and they'll draw things on the screen, all that. They'll kind of say, oh, this is the play, and you'll, they'll draw to kind of tell the story thing. Well, I have a little, I have this really cool app on my phone called the Coach's Eye, okay? And so it, it gives me the ability to do some stuff. And in case you wonder, the video that you're about to see on screen is my daughter, so I didn't like, like no creeper stuff. I didn't like just find some people and record them. Um, this is actually my daughter. And so, so, and I'll just explain a little bit because here's the deal. There's this video, so I shoot video with my, my phone as my daughter's bowling or other kids are bowling or whatever, and I will record them. And then I can show them stuff, comparison, and here's, a, here's an exact thing off of my phone. And so th- those are just two releases at different times, and, and you know, you don't probably care. But anyway, it, it's sort of fun for me, right? So, so now I've just put it in reverse because they're... You know, you, you see some differences here. One, the one on the left is very tight to her leg. The one on the right, there's a huge gap. You see the line being drawn there that I drew. And so you can draw and look at that and go, okay, that has to get fixed, right? So there's this coach's eye. It's a really cool app. It's just, you know, you don't care, do you? All right, so, um, all right, so, so enough of that, right? But here's the deal. Like at times, don't you wish there was a coach's eye for discipleship? Like we're talking about, we're starting a new series called What Does a Disciple Look Like, right? Disciple, what does a disciple look like? And so if you could just take your phone and like you could put anybody up there, you could put, you could put somebody who's really good up there and you go, okay, what does my life look like? And so my arm swing's a little weird and I need to fix that. But, but that's not what we're talking about. When we're talking about discipleship. We're talking about what does it look like to be a disciple? How, how can we look at our lives and, and, and what, when we look at our lives, how does that compare to the life of a disciple? Now, we realize um, that, you know, you see some things in other people's lives and, and that's great, but we don't want to compare to other people. We really want to look at the scriptures, and, and, and the scriptures give us a great example of what a disciple ought to look like, and Jesus gives us a really good example of, of what a disciple looks like and what we should be doing, right? And so the last couple of weeks, you know, we've been looking at kind of vision things, right? Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about um, coming to our first love and, and having a first love relationship with Jesus because we recognize that that's the foundation of everything that we do. Like, if we don't get that right. If we don't love Jesus, if we don't love God first, all the other stuff is just stuff. Like, we got to love, love God first. And, and then we need to do it in the context of community, which was last week. So we got to do that together as a family, as, as followers of Jesus. we got to put that together. And then we're looking at this whole idea of what it looks like to be a disciple. And so we're going to take a few weeks and do that. We're going to take some different spots of our lives that we 
probably could do better in and, and, and just, you know, recognize that we can all get better, every one of us, uh, myself included. And so we, we get to look at this and we get to see some things. But the bottom line is, disciples live like Jesus. Now, unfortunately, that's a really high bar, right? I mean, that's, that's like really high. Like to, to be like Jesus, to live like Jesus, to follow Jesus, um, it, it's not in the way he dressed, but in the way he lived. Like, and we're going to talk about that. You know, one of the powerful, powerful small groups that, that Anzal and I have done, we've done a couple of them by Bob Goff. He's got two of them that we've done. Uh, one is called Love Does, and the other is Everybody Always. Okay, so the first one was Love Does. The second was Everybody Always. And, and if you look at those concepts, he is trying to help us to recognize that when we love people, we're going to do something. And in case you're wondering, his second one was Love Everybody Always. Now, that, that sometimes is a challenge. But it's a challenge for us to love people no matter what. So basically, loving people is, is kind of the foundation point of what it means to be a disciple. And as we look at this, we're going to kind of challenge you to go into places that Jesus went and to do the things that Jesus did. And so today we're going to start by looking at Acts chapter 10. All right, and here's a little background uh, where we're going to read. But Peter... Peter's had this vision. He has this vision about eating some food that he shouldn't eat, and, and it was, he wasn't comfortable eating, and he was like a little concerned about that. And at the end of the vision, he's told to go with the people that are his, at his front door. Now, that's, that's kind of a weird conversation. You can read all that, but Acts chapter 10 tells you. It's, it's a crazy enough story, just that alone. But the people at the front door are there because this Roman officer has sent them. His name was Cornelius, and he sends uh, these people to, to, to get Peter. But see, Cornelius was told in a vision by an angel that he was to send for Peter to come to his house. Now, he sends, his, he sends two servants and a soldier on a little trip. Okay, the little trip is from um, uh, Caesarea down to Joppa. Now, Caesarea and Joppa, when you read that, it's really just, oh, you know, he sent them from Caesarea to Joppa. Now, that's great. It's on the Mediterranean Sea, and it's Caesarea's up north, Joppa's down south, and it's about 40 miles. Ah, no big deal, right? Just jump in a car and go. First century, not so much, right? 40 miles, uh, probably about a 12 or 13 hour walk to get there. <laughs> so Cornelius has this vision. Angel speaks to him. He says, all right, I'm going to do it. Immediately, he sends two of his servants and a soldier to go get Peter. Peter has a vision. People knock on the door. He's like, okay, I'll go with you. A 12 or 13 hour walk. I better be really confident I heard God on that one because 12 or 13 hours is just a walk. <sighs> that doesn't sound too much fun. So Peter goes and he gets there and meets Cornelius and they have this conversation really quick. And then Peter says, and this, this is kind of where we're going to pick, pick up. In verse 28, as Peter told them, you know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this and to associate with you. But God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you have sent for me. 
It's a fair question. <laughs> Why did you send for me that I walked 12 or 13 hours? Why? There's a quick lesson here, though, that I want to point out. And, and Peter says, but God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. Look, okay, a little more context, a modern maybe deal. Okay, it would be sort of like the Hatfields hanging out with the McCoys and liking it. Okay, all right, that's too old of an illustration. It'd be like Raiders fans and Chiefs fans getting along. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> I understand. It'd be like Democrats and Republicans enjoying hanging out together. It'd be like oil and water. All right, just, just think of all the things that don't really, you know, square peg, round hole, all those things that don't really work, and, and that's sort of what's happening. And, and Peter has this moment where he recognizes, wait, a few thousand years of understanding and a lifetime worth of prejudices are changed in a matter of moments. And now he's with Cornelius and his people for one reason, to tell them, about Jesus. And this is the start of Peter's message to Cornelius. Verse 34 says, Then Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea? Like, that's interesting. Right? Like he makes a statement to these people who lived a ways away and, and, and all the things that have happened and this is years later, but, but he makes a statement to them. You, you know what has happened throughout Judea. Beginning in Galilee after John began preaching his message of baptism, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Now, when you look at that, it, we read that, that passage. Look, Peter knew what his message was. He, he knew his message was to share the message, the good news of Jesus. And, and I realize that right now you're going to think that what I'm about to talk to you about is, is sharing the message of Jesus. That's true, but I want you to focus on a, a specific part of that. Because I think when we, sometimes we think about sharing the message of Jesus, it's all about verbal communication. And it's not where we want to focus today. Because Jesus did more than that. Right? He did something that I think is really powerful. And I think we can learn from this. And look, again, understand that all of what I'm about to tell you is based upon the foundation of loving God first. Loving people. And going from there. Peter, Peter knew what he was going to tell Cornelius in his house. He knew he was going to tell him, look, th th this, is, this is the message. This is the good news. The core message was that Jesus and what they had seen, what he had experienced, what, what he had seen. And so verse 38 tells that. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And Jesus, Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. That is an incredibly important point. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. I believe we should live our lives anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. The question is, when we are anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, what's next? 
What should happen? We read, then Jesus went around doing good. That's an interesting thought. Jesus went around doing good and healing all those oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus went around doing good. In one of the many confrontations that Jesus had with people in his day, we read this in John 10, 31. Once again, the people picked up stones to kill him. Once again, multiple times this has happened. Jesus said, at my Father's direction, I have done many good works. For which one are you going to stone me? Like, he did a lot of good stuff. He did, you know, he healed people. He fed people. He, he did a lot of things that people saw, witnessed, experienced. And the people went to stone him. And Jesus went on, and, you know, and they were like, we're not going to stone you for your good works. We're going to stone you because of blasphemy, right? That, that's what. But so often we're enamored by the miracles and we forget about the mundane. Like, so much of what it means to do good works is to do things that are sort of normal. It's to do things that, that, that well, don't look miraculous. They're, they're not like, oh, no, this go, oh, did you see what they did? It's not going to be that. It's going to be what we would consider mundane, normal kind of things. We're going to do some things. We're going to do good works because Jesus did good works. And Jesus did miracles. And I'm not saying we, we won't see miraculous things take place in our lives. But I'm saying sometimes we discount the mundane, thinking that we have to experience the miraculous. Without good works... Communication of the gospel isn't going to matter. See, people won't respond to our communication of the gospel if we don't love them and we don't do good things. Consider Matthew 5.13. There's a passage there about sharing the gospel, right? We see it as a passage about sharing the gospel. And five, Matthew 5.13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but when, what good is salt if it lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot is worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Look, sometimes we struggle with this whole good deeds thing. Right? We, we, we think about, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this good deed. And, and sometimes we're like, ah, I don't, I don't want anybody to see this, or I don't want to be known for this. I, I, I'm trying to hide behind. I don't want people to see the good deed, right? Because we're afraid that that's, well, the reward we're going to get is people seeing it. The reward we get if we only do good deeds for people to see them is that moment. But if we go, do good deeds so that we do good deeds, so that we love people, then people are going to see them. That's what the, the portion of Scripture right here says. It, like, we're going to do things. So do your good so that all can see it. For a reason. So that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. So when we go, do good deeds, we do want people to see them, but that's not our motivation for doing them. We're, our motivation for doing them is to 
love people, and to do good. So we're going to do good because we're commanded to do good, and that's what Jesus did. And there's this struggle, this balance there. In fact, John Wesley put it this way. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. That's John Wesley. That was John Wesley. So we have to do good. We, we need to be doing good because that shows our Heavenly Father's love. It shows our Heavenly Father's message. It shows the message of Jesus by doing good. Look, we all know people who don't do good. We all know people who don't do good and they claim to follow Jesus. That does a lot of damage. So as followers of Jesus, as disciples, we should be known for doing good. When people look at our lives, they ought to go, man, they're just constantly doing good things. They're just constantly, like, just, man, they're like the kindest people I've ever met. Like, that's what we want to be known as. We want to be known as followers of Jesus who do good. We want to be known as followers of Jesus who do good all the time. Look, it's so crazy that Jesus pushes it even further. Luke 6.35. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Ah, I don't want to. <laughs> Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Slice a tire of theirs is more like what I want to do. <laughs> do good to my enemies. Look, do good. When you do good to your enemies, let's just be honest. It lets people see Jesus. If you'll go that far, if you'll start to do good for your enemy, I know none of us have enemies. I get it. There's nobody that we, you know, at work or, you know, nobody. No, we don't, none of us would ever suggest we have enemies. Do good to them anyway. Even if you don't admit you have them, do good to them. We, we should help others, Period. Like, so, so I push that right there, right? Like, do good to your enemies. Romans 15, 2. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. So we should do good to our enemies. We should help others. We should help people, period. Like, that's what a follower of Jesus does. They do good. Galatians 6, 9, and 10. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing, if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, 
especially to those in the family of faith. Okay, so do good to your enemies. Do good to everyone. Do good to those who are in the family of faith. It doesn't leave many people out, right? Do good to everyone. Do, do good to our enemies. Do good to those in the family of faith. So I don't know what that looks like for you. You know, it, you're, you're going to have to figure out ways to do this. You're going to have to figure out how is it that God wants me to do good. But here's what I'm going to challenge you with. This week, do good. Well, that was hard. Okay. Like this week when you're, you know, maybe at work. Do good to somebody that you wouldn't normally do good for. Do something nice. Like, I'll tell you, I actually felt like God kind of prompted me to do something for somebody. I'm not going to tell you the specifics because I just, you know. But I just sensed that, that God wanted me to do something. It's somebody who's not a follower of Jesus. It's somebody that I know from, from you know, outside my world and, you know, it, and I'm not going to have a great opportunity to pour into this person's life much longer. I mean, I know that because they're moving and so I'm, I, but, but I just felt like God wanted me to just to do something. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do something and, and I'm, I just, like, I'm going to do something for them because I think God wants me to. It's going to cost me a little, but it's okay. And I'm asking you to spend crazy money or, you know, like, like, you know, you could even go as simple as, you know what, I know this one person. Like, I know certain people, right? You have friends that you know they're like favorite drink. I mean, there's some people that I see that they always have a specific drink in their hand, right? Um, one of my friends, um, Diet Dr. Pepper. It's a drink of choice, Diet Dr. Pepper. If he has his choice, he's going to have a Diet Dr. Pepper. Doesn't matter what time it is. It could be breakfast meeting. He's got a Diet Dr. Pepper. He's brought it with him from home, Diet Dr. Pepper. It's, it's, just know he's going to have one. Others of you, you know, you've got to have a Starbucks. I hid mine in my cup here this morning. I brought it in my bowling uh, cup that people, so no one knows what's actually in there. It, it, it is actually a caramel iced coffee from Starbucks because it's a refill too because it's more for my money. Um, so f free refill in fact. So that's really, I go there, I'll get one, I'll drink it. Okay, and then get another one because you know, I, I got to get my value. But you could buy somebody a Starbucks. Now, I'm not asking for one, so don't buy me one, please. Somebody gave me a gift card and I just keep spending and so I'm I'm good, so I'm, 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 I got plenty. But but what you recognize, uh, and that's just so simple, right? I mean, it's so simple. Like it, it's so easy to do good, and yet sometimes we struggle. We're like, ah, oh, I mean, I can't. I mean, I don't want to send the wrong message. I mean, especially if it's an enemy, right? I mean. Think about this. If you show up for your enemy, and you don't tell them they're your enemy, you just show up and do it, right? So you say, hey, I was thinking of you today. Here, here's a Diet Dr. Pepper. And that's what they drink? They're going to be like, 
Because if there's already tension there, they know it, you know it. I mean, everybody knows. So if you do something, it might be something that God uses to break down the walls. So do good for somebody. Do good for somebody that you wouldn't normally do something for. Do something good for somebody that you might do something for. Do, do something good for a friend. Do something, just, just, just do something good. I, I know this just seems so like basic and simple. But I'll tell you this. If we did more good, we would have more impact on people who are far from Jesus. If we took our lives and we started just to do some simple things, I'm telling you, you're going to have opportunity to have conversations with people you didn't think you were going to have. Because people are going to be like, I, I can't think of anybody else I'd want to talk to than, man, they're always so kind to me and it just will work that way. I had a conversation yesterday. Again, like one of these moments where you just have these conversations that people share things with you that you don't, like they confide in you and you're like, all I've ever done is just hung out and listened and talked. I'm like, wow. And they'll ask you a question and Look, this is not somebody that attends one of our campuses. It's just somebody I know from the community. And, but, but when you do good, people start to recognize that there's something about this person that I can have a conversation with and you can make a difference in their life. Do good. How about you do something encouraging for somebody this week? Like, so, so really my goal for you today is you've got seven days between now and, and next Sunday. And I want you to do something good for someone every single day. Sometimes that doing good is going to be somebody you know and you know well. It could be even in your own family. Do something good that's noticeable, that's out of the ordinary. Do good. But then I want you to go further. I want you to do good to somebody. Look, maybe not every day, but do good to somebody that you wouldn't normally do something for. Speak encouragement into somebody's life that you wouldn't normally speak. You write a note. Notice something really good and speak something into their life that brings encouragement to them. Do good. See, Jesus went around doing good. Some days, it was bringing life. I realize that when I say that, you think, oh, miracles, he raised people dead. Yes, 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 he did that too. And those are pretty big. But when he had conversations with people that he wasn't supposed to have conversations with, he brought life to them. When he believed in people that nobody else believed in, he brought life to them. 
I mean, think about the disciples alone. I mean, he, he brought life and hope into people's lives that, that no one else really thought. They, I mean, if you're going to change the world, those aren't the people that you would start with. They weren't. And he brought life to them. He did good in their lives. He, he did good when he, when he fed people, right? I know there was miracles involved in that, but, but he met a normal kind of everyday, like, necessity thing. He fed people. He did good. Yes, he did the miraculous. But he did the normal. He did some normal things that were miraculous in their endings. But, but he's actually asking all of us to step into that moment where we do some everyday, ordinary kind of things that actually become powerful and might open the door for the miraculous. See, because the greatest conversations you can ever have in life is that moment that somebody understands who Jesus is and you're able to help them understand that. And you're able to pray with them to get them in that place where they're ready to make a decision to follow Jesus. See, see that's the, great, the greatest thing that Jesus did was it wasn't the miracles. It wasn't raising people from the dead. It was dying on the cross so that we might be forgiven. Truth be told, dying is a pretty mundane thing. It's something we're all going to do. But his meant something because of all the other pieces he had done in his life. And he lived a life of perfection. And because of that, when he died, it made a difference for you and me. It made a difference for us. And see, he went around doing good. And he's actually asking us to go around doing good. John 15, 13. Greater love is no one than this, and he laid down his life for his friends. Right? There's no miracles in there. Greater love is no one than this, and he laid down his life for his friends. That is a powerful moment, right? So when we're doing good, we are laying down our life. We're just not dying for it. We're laying down our comforts, our, you know, whatever, our time. We're making a sacrifice at some level to do good. And that's what, like today's like a really, really practical thing. Because we love people, we do stuff. As a follower of Jesus, if we love people, we're going to do stuff. I don't know what this stuff looks like. It's different for everybody. And I believe that in this moment, God's going to start to speak into your life. He's going to start to say to you, here, here is something you could do for this person this week. See, that's my prayer. My prayer is right now that as we finish this day, as we finish this service, that God will even speak into your, he'll prompt you, he'll put a thought in your head. I'm gonna, I want you to do this for this person. Today. I want you to do this for this person tomorrow. I want you to do this for this person on Tuesday. I want you to do this for this person on Wednesday. I want you to do this for this person on Thursday. I want you to do this for this person on Friday. I want you to do this for this person on Saturday. And to be honest, I would love to hear the stories of what God does through the stuff that we do. And to be honest, I would love to hear what, 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 you, what you come up with, what God prompts you to do. That, you know, that sometimes we just think, you know what? I just brought a drink in for somebody for work today. The shock on their face was like, 
worth it all. I mean, it was fun. It will be. It doesn't have to be spending money. Let me jot in a note. Do something this week that makes a difference in somebody else's life that speaks into them and speaks to them that you are a follower of Jesus. Like, you don't have to tell them. Just start there. Just start with doing stuff to show them who Jesus is. Because that's what Jesus said. Do stuff so that the people around you will see and give glory to your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for this time. I pray, Lord, as we look over the next few weeks, as we look at what it means to be a disciple, I pray, God, that we will just constantly be looking at how we can become more and more like you. And Lord, we, co- we will be able to put the, 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 the picture of what a disciple looks like on one side of the screen, and we'll be able to put our lives on the other side, and we'll be able to look at that and go, oh, I need to bring this a little closer to what a disciple looks like. And Lord, this week, help us to become a little bit more like you as we do stuff for the people around us. Lord, that we will display the love of Jesus through the things that we do. That as we choose to do some things, as we are prompted by you to do some things, as we are anointed by the Holy Spirit and with power, that we'll do stuff that will bring praise to you. Lord, that we will make a difference in our community, in our families' lives, in our friends' lives, as we do stuff. Lord, I thank you for that. And Lord, I pray for anybody in this room, and maybe this is sort of their first experience, their first time in a gathering like this, and, and Lord, they're not sure how to think of this, but something is there in here today. They just sense that you are real and that you are here. And maybe they've wandered through life and just kind of done things their own way, but now in this moment, they're recognizing that they, they need to make some changes. And Lord, I'm praying. Lord, all of us, we just make a decision that today we're going to follow Jesus as best as we can. We're going to look at the example of Jesus. We're going to say, I want to be like Jesus. I, I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I, I want to look like Jesus. I want to do the stuff Jesus did. And Lord, for anybody in here that that's kind of their first time of thinking a thought like that, God, would you speak to them? And would you help them just to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I give up trying to do this on my own. I give up trying to do this my own way. Jesus, I want to follow you. 
even if I don't understand what all that means. Lord, I pray that every one of us in this room would want to follow you more and more. And over the next few weeks, as we look at what it means to be a disciple, that we will discover more and more of what that looks like. And we'll put that into practice in all of our lives. In Jesus' name.